to my little side project from Dead Academy Podcast. This is Fallon, and you are listening to 30 Minutes in Hell. Um, first of all, thank you guys for listening and checking out my little side project. Uh, Michelle and I are still going to be recording regular Dead Academy Podcast episodes. It's just she recently switched jobs and has a totally different schedule than she did before. So her and I kind of conflict a little bit when we're trying to meet up. Um, so we're going to have to try to figure out how to make that, you know, work again. But in the meantime, you guys got me on Wednesdays. I'm going to be delivering some of the most horrific, uh, confusing, shocking, unbelievable stories within 30 minutes that I can possibly tell you every single Wednesday. So, uh, without further ado, this is the very first episode and I'm going to dedicate it to my friend Paul and all of his body parts since I've had a lot of people reach out trying to help me come up with a name for this little solo side piece here. Uh, shout out to Megan and a big shout out to everyone else who helped make the make this thing possible, make the uh, name possible and just kind of gave me encouragement to keep going with it. So um, again, we're going to start out with, let's see, today we're going to talk about the gruesome death of Timothy Treadwell and his girlfriend Amy. Now, if you've heard of the name Timothy Treadwell, then you already know what's about to happen. But for those of you who do not know about him, before we get started, I have to make a huge disclaimer. Um, the things I'm going to be talking about are very, very gruesome. Uh, spoiler alert, him and his girlfriend Amy were both attacked and eaten alive by a uh, coastal brown bear in Alaska in 2003. Um, and the part of this story that is going to be <laughs> very, very hard for some people to listen to um, is the actual audio of it. When this happened, him and his girlfriend had their camera rolling, but the, um, the eyepiece was covered up, so you only got the audio, but the audio is what has survived this attack when nothing else did. Um, so at the end of this episode, I am going to be playing that, that audio of them being eaten alive. And again, I will, you know, let you guys know within a few seconds of me playing it, like, hey, heads up, this is what's coming along. And if you don't want to hear it, by all means, fast forward. Um, I think it's like two minutes long. Actually, it's a six minute audio, but I'm only going to play two minutes of it. Um, so like I said, if that's something that you can't handle, I'll let you know ahead of time. You can just skip over it, and we can just continue on with some pretty fun stuff. So, I went ahead and lit my candle, and I'm going to start my 30-minute timer, because that is the goal here, to see if I can scare the shit out of you guys within 30 minutes. So, are you ready? Let's do this. All right. Timothy Treadwell was born April 29, 1957, on Long Island. Timothy was an animal, animal enthusiast, a documentary filmmaker, an environmentalist, an experienced outdoorsman. He was a son, he was a friend to many people, and also a boyfriend to his girlfriend, Amy, Amy Hugengard. I'm sure I pronounced that wrong, but um, Timothy was also the founder of the Bear Protection Organization people. So after this episode, if you want to go over and check that out, you know, maybe you can just see a little bit more about what he was about and maybe do something to help bears, even though they are pretty dangerous. So Timothy actually lived amongst coastal brown bears, mostly in Alaska, documenting his accounts for 13 summers in a row. So for 13 years, every summer, he would go out and he would literally just live amongst these brown coastal bears face-to-face -face with them, he lived with them, he ate with them, he slept in the same area as them. He thought of them 
as family, and fortunately, some of them considered him family too, except for one, and we'll get to that in a little bit. So on these expeditions, Tim never once carried any kind of a weapon with him at all, not even bear mace. Like, you were kind of supposed to, like, camp in a certain area and have a, like, portable electric fence set up around your uh, tent and, like, camping area. He didn't do that. He didn't even have bear mace on him. No gun, no nothing. So, excuse me, a little bit about coastal brown bears in case you don't know much about them like I didn't. Um, They're usually around eight feet long. Um, Their shoulders can be around, like, four, four and a half feet. Like, if they're standing on all fours, they're going to be about four and a half to five feet tall. The average weight is 900 pounds for a male and 500 pounds for a female. The inland bears are what's called grizzlies, which I'm sure we've all heard about. Grizzly bears and coastal bears are also called brown bears. So they're all kind of the same thing. Um, However, grizzlies, which are also known as horribilis, are usually found in dense forests, alpine meadows, mountain valleys, that that kind of thing, like around trees and stuff. Uh, Whereas the coastal brown bears usually kind of stay out in the open, you know, near water, all that stuff. So bear attacks are actually kind of common, more so than what you would think which is why I wanted to cover this story. I mean, we all have that one friend who wants to be with nature and take careless risks without even a second thought, you know, someone who wants to rescue animals and help all of them, Um, which makes me think my mom and I, we actually rescued an Arctic wolf um, about 10 years ago. And on the same day, we were actually able to like feed three big brown bears. Um, They actually like cookies a lot. They love lemon cookies. Um, we got to meet an African tiger. I got to kiss a mountain lion on the mouth. So I'm one of those people. I'm one of those people that sees an animal and I'm just like, oh my gosh, I have to pet it. I have to get to know it. Regardless of if it it can kill me, I'm still that person that wants to go see things up, up close. However, bears are cute. Yeah. But they will kill the fuck out of you if you're not careful. So, um, every year around the globe, there's roughly around 40 bear attacks um, however, polar bears are the most fatal, which at, are when, at, sorry, excuse me, <laughs> grizzlies actually attack humans most. Uh, there were 22 human bear incident, human bear incidents, meaning the bear has attacked the human incidents in the United States Yosemite National Park in 2019 alone. Um, black bears usually stand around six feet, grizzlies around seven feet, and brown bears can get up to nine feet tall. Um, Fun fact, uh, if a grizzly bear has its his fist, like, pawed, like, together, with one swing of that paw, he can take a human's head completely off with one swing. So, again, bears are pretty cool, but you don't want to F around with them. Um, so, another fun little thing that I found out, because I was looking up just how deadly bears are, like, to us, um... They really didn't make the top 10 list. However, the number one threat to humans is mosquitoes. Did not know that one. Um, Anyway, so now back to Timothy. So, this incident with him and his girlfriend being eaten alive took place on October 6th of 2003 at Katmire National Park, which is in Alaska. At this time, Tim was only 46 years old. The bear that killed him was 28 years old, and when he was found... His stomach contained the remains of two human beings and their clothing. When Timothy was just a child, he always had a soft spot for animals. He was a star diver on the swim team. He was also an aspiring actor. Um, Interestingly enough, Timothy came in second for the role that was later given to Woody Harrelson in the hit show Cheers. 
So once Tim didn't get that spot on the show, unfortunately, he started drinking. He kind of went down this little spiral. Um, Tim started doing heroin after a while, and all of this stemmed from him not getting that role in Cheers. He just thought that this this was it. You know, he was going to be this big actor. Come to find out, he didn't make the cut. He, I mean, he was he was close. He just didn't get it. And a shout out to Woody Harrelson. He went to my high school, Lebanon Warriors. Go Warriors. Um, so yeah, after all this, I mean, Tim started drinking. He started doing heroin. He pretty much got his hands on whatever he possibly could to the point where he was just spiraling out of freaking control. Uh, he actually overdosed one time in the 80s, which caused him to kind of like regain his life and kind of claim his life back. Like he didn't want to, you know, everything kind of flashed before him and he was like, all right, this is it. Enough with the bullshit, enough with the drugs, like, I got to get my, my life back on track. Well, at that time, he had a friend that offered to take him to Alaska to see the wildlife. So, of course, he was like, absolutely, you know, I, I love animals, I love the uh, wilderness, I love bears, hell yeah. So, when Tim goes out there with his friend, he immediately noticed that, like, it's a change of scenery, it's a change of the air, like everything just looked and felt so at peace and perfect for him. Where as before, you know, he was drinking and doing heroin and doing all these horrible things. But in Alaska, he felt like he could breathe. He could just be normal and he could do what he felt at that time was his calling. He was meant to go out and be with these wild animals, specifically bears. So while he was out there, Tim, he stopped drinking. He never touched drugs again. Um, he completely devoted his life to the Alaskan bears. Uh, the area of the national park where the bears were located is where Timothy stayed, which was approximately like 4 million acres, or if you're not good with figuring that out, is around the size of Connecticut. So pretty big area. And again, that area was very heavily populated with bears. So again, <laughs> He is literally surrounded by bears. And he, and he was totally cool with this for 13 summers. He became one with them. They were accepting of him. Everything seemed to be going great. Um, like I said, he ate with the bears. He slept next to them. He lived and filmed every one of his experiences. And when he left the park in October, which is when, you know, the whole hibernation starts, like the bears have spent all summer getting fat. Now they just want to go to sleep. Well, that's when he was supposed to leave, was at the beginning of October, when, you know, he would leave, go home, and then come back the following summer to continue on, once again, this big expedition that he had planned out. Um, he was also known for getting extremely close to bears, even touching them, like, on their face and petting them, and playing with cubs. And if you know anything about bears, like, if you get anywhere near bear cubs, the, the mommy bear will straight fuck you up. So... For him to be able to do that, that was a pretty big deal. Um, in some parts, Timothy seemed more welcome and accepted by the bears as like an actual part of their family. Most of the time, he didn't get bothered by them. They just kind of saw him not really as a threat and let him be. And um, Tim actually had names for all of the bears that he came in contact with. His favorite bear being Mr. Chocolate and his least favorite bear, a coastal brown bear, big in size with even a bigger attitude nasty attitude, who he called the Grinch. The Grinch probably saw Timothy as a threat to his land and his food. 
Even though the Grinch saw him as a threat, for the most part, the Grinch left Timothy alone. When camping close to bears, like I said before, it is highly recommended that you camp in a very open area, away from trees, and bring your portable electric fence with you. So in case if you do get in a situation where bears are getting a little bit too close, if they try to step any closer, like they're going to get shocked back. Now granted, that electric fence isn't going to really hurt them or whatever. It's just going to stop them from moving forward. Um, so unfortunately, Timothy didn't do any of that. He did not do like any of that. He brought no weapons. He brought no electric fence. He camped in the woods. I mean, he did everything that a bear would do. Regardless of him being told numerous times not to do anything like that, he still did it. The area he chose to camp at was between two, two streams that were both filled with salmon and covered with trees and brush. Before Timothy's death, death, excuse me, he would go to local schools and teach all of the children about the nature, wildlife, and he did this for years and years. And you know what? He did it free of charge. He just wanted to educate people on the Alaskan wildlife, what it's like to be out in the wild, what to do if you're ever in a strange, you know, face-to-face -face confrontation with a bear or any kind of animal. He wanted the children to know about nature and about the bears, and he never once charged a dime for this. However, all of that changed on the night of October 6th in 2003. Now keep in mind, bears that are native to that area can get as tall as 10 feet and can stand as tall as 6 feet at the shoulders. So on all fours, they can be up to 6 feet tall, which is like the average size of a, like a man. So even a, a super tall guy would have to look up to these bears before they even stand up. Now, these bears can also move up to 30 miles an hour and are unbelievably strong. So playing dead during a bear attack doesn't always work, even though they say go ahead and go for it. But honestly, if you're in that position and a bear is coming at you, you have to play dead. The chances of you making out of that alive are pretty slim. So good luck to you. <laughs> On October 6, 2003, both Timothy and Amy were actually set to go home that day and completely leave camp. However, Timothy got into some kind of an altercation with someone at the airport, and they decided just to stay one more night. They were going to look for one of Timothy's favorite bears, just kind of, you know, let all the tempers cool down a little bit, and they were going to leave the following day. However, that would be their last night alive on this planet. And in the evening of October 6, 2003, Tim and Annie were in their tent when they heard a bear just outside milling about at their campsite. Both Tim and Amy got out of their tent to go check on this commotion, recording the incident with an audio recorder. Now, like I said before, there, this is, there's a total of six minutes of recording, but I'm only going to play like a clip of a couple of minutes long. Um, some of the things that you're going to hear in this clip, you're probably going to have some trouble making out what everyone's saying because, again, they're being attacked. But um, just some things that you will hear. You will hear wind and rain. Like, starting out, you're going to kind of hear a little bit of wind, some rain, some thunder. You're going to hear Tim scream. You're going to hear Amy screaming, fight back, fight back. You will, it's very hard to hear, but during that time, the bear is actually clawing at Tim's skull to get to his brains. Yeah, this is, this is serious stuff. And then at some point, Amy says, play dead, play dead. And he, she's screaming at Tim to play dead. And you hear Tim scream, get a frying pan, get a frying pan, hit him with the pan. So Amy hits this bear with a frying pan because that is literally all that they had at that time was a freaking frying pan up against hundreds of bears in this 400 
or four million, however long, big thing I said earlier, a frying pan. Well, the frying pan doesn't do anything. So Tim continues to play dead. At that point, the bear bit Tim in his leg, and now the bear is in what's called a blood frenzy. And when that happens, you can't stop them. There is no, there is nothing that can could have stopped this attack from happening at that point, unless Tim had a very powerful handgun, like a 500 millimeter, um, straight to the head. I, I mean, it has to be. There has to be a huge handgun or regular gun that could kill a bear and you have to shoot him in the head in order for them to stop. But again, Tim didn't have any of that. So after the blood frenzy happening with the bear, Tim goes silent. And that's when you know that he's he's dead. Now, what ended up happening, uh, the bear took Timothy away, ate what he needed to eat. At that time, Amy is screaming. She's, you know, trying to gather up her things and try to figure out what the hell to do because she just saw her boyfriend being dragged off and eaten alive. The bear drops Timothy and comes back for Amy. So when Amy's at the campsite, the bear comes back, attacks her, eats her. Both Timothy and Amy were partially eaten, both found dead, with a ruined campsite in this audio clip, which I'm going to pay for you and play for you in just a minute. Um, the bear that ate Tim and Amy alive was known, guess what, as the Grinch, and upon being euthanized was labeled bear number 141 with the bodies of two human beings and their clothes inside his stomach. The bear, the Grinch, also known as bear 141, weighed over 500 pounds. He had nine-inch claws, okay, nine-inch claws, and the head of the Grinch, just his head alone, was the size of an adult male's torso, which is, I mean, that is freaking huge, okay? Huge. So the next day, when the pilot showed up to pick up Tim and Amy, he found their campsite in ruin with bear number 141, also known as the Grinch, literally guarding that campsite. No one could get anywhere close to him. That was his campsite, and he was guarding their bodies and everything else that they had on that site. The pilot then called the rangers in, after taking down the bear, they found out that Tim, or they found, upon looking at that campsite, alright, this is, this is heavy, guys, this is, this is heavy stuff, they found Timothy's mangled head, partial spine, right forearm with the hand attached, and his wristwatch was still attached to his wrist. They also found his left shoe, which had a foot in it, a bone from the leg, and all of the meat around the bone was completely consumed and shredded. So, and that's just half of it. I mean, if you want to go look for pictures to see just how badly they were eaten and just how gruesome this tale is, just go to Google, type in Timothy Treadwet or Treadwell and Amy, and it's one of the first things that, that pop up. When they killed the bear, they opened his stomach and you can see partially digested parts of these people. Um, and like I said, trigger warning, heads up, they will show you the picture of Timothy's leg and it is, I mean, I don't even have words. It is so disgusting. But to know that he was alive the whole time when that happened, I think that just makes this whole thing even that much more like terrifying. Um, like I said before, the only way to keep a bear from attacking you when it's in a blood frenzy is with a bullet to the head. 
you have to have a, some kind of gun, and not a little one. You gotta have a pretty badass gun if you're gonna be out in the wilderness fucking around with bears. I mean, that should go without saying. So, one of the rangers who actually discovered their bodies was um, quoted saying, quote, Being killed by a bear is the worst way to die. You're awake and aware the entire time, and there's nothing you can do to stop it. So literally, like I said, once that starts to happen, you're pretty much done for. So, trigger warning, I'm going to go ahead and play this audio clip now. It's going to probably make a little clicking sound on my computer because I'm still learning how to do this. Um, but yeah, this is going to be the audio of the gruesome, gruesome tale of Timothy and his girlfriend Amy being eaten alive by bear number 141, also known as the Grinch, on October 6th, 2003. was it that was it so I think it goes without saying um, I hope those two are resting in peace right now I almost said a really shitty published joke like rest in pieces but I mean I'm not gonna say that but there's a part of me that feels like I kind of have to just go back over and say this is why I chose to do this episode it was so just unbelievable to hear that and just to know that you know, those guttural screams are real. Like, this actually happened to these people who were just, I mean, basically they were just trying to do what they thought was best, do what they felt was their calling, you know, to spend time with these these brown coastal bears and get to know their life and educate other people on it. But, you know, with that came 
suggestions and rules and tips that neither one of them really followed because they were pretty confident in what they were doing. You know, they had had 13 summers prior where there was no incident. There was nothing that, you know, led them or scared them enough to, you know, keep them from coming back. I felt like they felt like they were being very productive and doing something great with this time and with this experience. And I mean, honestly, who wouldn't want to have that kind of experience, you know, where you're, you're living amongst bears and whatever. But again, when like reality sets in, fuck no, like I am not going to Alaska or anywhere else and camping out with bears and drinking on their streams and fishing with them. Like, absolutely not. If I want to see a bear, I'll go to the zoo or I'll donate to, you know, any kind of bear fund, which by the way, I have that written down again for you guys to check out if you wanted to. It's called the Bear Protection Organization People. And again, that's what Timothy founded. Um, so you can go over there and, you know, check it out. But I think it goes without saying, no matter where you go, whether you're in Alaska or I'm currently in Ohio, you know, if I go down to Kentucky or Tennessee or wherever, you know, at with those states, you have to watch out for like copperheads and rattlesnakes and, you know, blue racer snakes and all these different things. If you go to Alaska, bears are going to be kind of an issue. Kind of want to watch out for that. If you go to Florida, there's gators. There's crazy ass snakes down there in the Everglades. Like there's just, there's always going to be some kind of natural predator who's going to be a threat to you. And if you become a threat to them, that's when shit goes south. So I don't know. I... I guess check the area before you go, like see what kind of animals are, you know, native to that area or reptiles. Keep an eye out on your surroundings and the people with you. Um, maybe do a little bit more research and just, you know, yeah, if you're going to be hiking in the woods and you're worried about snakes, obviously wear boots. But, you know, there are things from above that can get you too. So, unfortunately, these people met their, you know, demise. But in one way, or in the other hand, they died doing what they loved they loved this. This was their life. This was their passion. This was everything that they had ever dreamed of doing. And they did it. They did it. They did it for 13 years. They educated so many people about it. But at the end of the day, the education that they were like passing out was not advice that they took of their own. And that is what led them to being on the subject of my very first solo project podcast is people being eaten alive. You know, this happens, you guys, this happens. Just just because you're at a national park doesn't mean that you're absolutely protected. You know, these kinds of things happen. Um, so with that being said, that is the end of the first story, um, the gruesome death of Timothy and, uh, Treadwell and his girlfriend, Amy. Uh, you guys can hit me up at Dead Academy Podcast. Um, you can address it to either Fallon or Michelle. Michelle still hops on there and reads stuff. Um, I want to know some like case suggestions, stories. Is there anything you guys want me to cover? Um, I pretty much have, let me see, ooh, I'm at 25 minutes. Oh yeah. Um, I pretty much have a lot of just pages and pages and pages of like topics. I want to cover stuff from like paranormal encounters, you know, do you believe in aliens? Are Ouija boards real? You know, tales from like deep sea fishermen, unsolved cases, mysterious cases, cold cases, everything, anything creepy, spooky, paranormal fucking nuts. I want to cover it and I want you to help me cover it. So anything that you guys want, want me to touch base on, shoot me a message, dedacademypodcast at gmail.com. You can get a hold of me through Facebook under Dead Academy Podcast. Um, if you're my friend, friend, you can hit me up on my just regular Fallon Marston. Um, let me see how else. We also have Instagram, Dead Academy Podcast. 
we do not have like a Twitter or anything like that. I don't think we're going to get one. But for the most part, I want to hear what you guys have to say. And if you liked this episode, which I hope you did and I hope you guys made it through, if you like it, give it a thumbs up. Give it a share. Tell a friend. Tell a buddy. Bring a friend. Just do, you know, do whatever you can to kind of help us keep this going. And because talking about spooky shit and weird shit is my favorite thing to do. I could just talk and talk and talk and talk and talk, which is why, excuse me, which is why I chose to do this side project because I just, I have so much to share with everybody. And if I keep it in, I feel like my fucking head's going to explode. So, um, I want to give a shout out to Cedric. He is a hardcore listener, hardcore follower. That guy would probably follow us to hell if we led the fucking way. Um, let's see, Cedric, Paul, Jessica, Megan, Chad, everybody from Facebook, Kel, Pinky, who took the time to just, you know, my friend Brett, um, I'm just kind of rambling off here. Everyone who took the time to vote on the name for the, for the side piece, um, little project, uh, just everyone who's been such a big support, listening, following, you know, spreading the word, um, Thank you. Thank you guys so much. And I hope that I can continue to bring you some fucked up shit to just kill the time in between other podcast episodes. So this is it for my first side project episode uh, with 30 Minutes in Hell. Next week, I'm not really sure what I'm going to do. I have a couple things written down. Um, I did get a request to cover the Blue family in Kentucky, which I might touch base on that because that's a really interesting one. And then on the regular show, Dead Academy Podcast, we have a three-parter coming up really, really soon on the Delphi murders, as well as a man named James Brian Chadwell II, who I've been in contact with. He's currently locked up in the Tippecanoe County Jail in Lafayette, Indiana. Um, I've been in contact with him, with his family. Uh, People think that he may be bridge guy from Delphi. Um, If not, the crime that he's actually in jail for right now is horrific absolutely horrific this guy's a fucking monster but i'm gonna be covering him um covering the possible connection to the delphi murders of libby german and abigail williams and after that i'm gonna do the last part on my theories on what i think happened in delphi or what could have happened excuse me because i was just we were there um me and my friend laban we were there three weeks ago i was on the bridge i walked to the crime scene i went to the houses like i saw where the stuff happened and i have some pretty solid theories about it. Um, And then after that episode, so in four episodes from now, I have one. It is insane, you guys. It's about this guy named Oba Chandler, who is also known as the um, Tampa, uh, Florida, um, shoot, what's it? Sunset Torboat Killer. And the reason I chose that guy to do one time for a Dead Academy podcast is my friend, I have a friend named Lana. She actually survived this guy. And this isn't like, oh, I heard from a friend that heard from a friend. No. I'd never heard of this dude. And then my friend Lana was like, Fallon, you gotta you gotta talk about this guy. He's fucking crazy. This is what happened. Blah blah blah. And when that day comes, you guys are gonna just have your fucking socks blown right off. Because this that story is crazy, crazy, crazy. Um so again, thanks everyone for listening. I'll be back here probably this weekend, hopefully with Michelle to record for Dead Academy, and if not, I'll catch you guys back here next Wednesday with some weird shit, so, and guess what, I still have 30 seconds left, but I'm gonna let you guys have that 30 seconds, so, again, thank you guys for listening, thank you, thank you, thank you, call a buddy, tell a friend, bring a friend, like, rate, review, 
all of that can help me more than you could possibly imagine. And it helps Michelle too, bless her heart. I really miss her being across from me and us, you know, giving, giving each other hell and, you know, what best friends for 22 years do. So I am out of time. Bye.